and welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Zachary Allard. And I'm Michael Tabor. Michael, buddy, things are really turning around this week. <laughs> you know, it's nice to have a good week after all these bad ones. Uh, things are just going great. I think what's cool is, you know, I see Texas reopening. Hope is really what it's about. <laughs> Like hoping that uh, viruses just disappear. 2020 truly is the year of magical thinking, is my thesis for this year. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know what my thesis for 2020 is, but it's somehow too profane for this podcast. Wow. Uh, It's it's definitely an eldritch horror sort of spoken backwards, (laughs) summoning summoning one of the mini Cthulhu's. Uh, Michael, what's been going on? Like we haven't done a check in on reality in a while for obvious reasons. Yeah, well, I'm I'm trying to avoid reality as much as possible these days. So I frankly I don't appreciate the question. (laughs) It's tough Um, because it keeps crashing in on your Animal Crossing island. Uh, my island, my island is in disarray. It's a mess. I haven't had time to spend on it. There are fish piling up outside of Nook's cranny because I don't like selling them after hours for eighty percent. Oh, twenty percent less money just because you're closed. Fuck you, you little raccoon motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> so I'm constantly being like, okay, I'm just gonna drop this shit and sell it when they're open. But then I never have time to play when they're open. It's a real mess. I was talking with one of our uh, many shitty Christian luminaries, uh, Kelsey Lair, and she said she doesn't understand why K.K. Slider isn't wearing clothes. And I think now that I have had that sort of mask, those scales pulled off my eyes, I can't think of anything else. Uh, K.K. Slider is the naked cowboy of the Animal Crossing universe. <laughs> uh, this is not this is not up for debate. These are just facts. So, Michael, what are we talking about this week? You know, uh, it's a it's a funny one. Uh, one we're going to be talking about the transformed wife, which Zach, you you have been deep diving some research <laughs> into. I've been uh, obsessed was... with for quite some time. Yeah, so this has been a long-standing fascination of yours. Excited to finally be able to bring it to the pod. Uh, For our listeners, Zach was like, hey, I sent you a document uh, with some info. And I opened it up and it was like 11 pages of incoherent (laughs) rambling about, uh, you know, the evils of feminism. (laughs) And it was just, it was a pretty special thing. And then you got the document for the transformed wife. Ayo. So yeah, so we're going to be talking about that. And and so I was doing a little uh, searching on the internet this week. You know, normally for segments on this podcast, like it it really is pretty simple. Like I've been asked before, like, oh, like, do you guys feel like you're ever going to run out of topics? And I'm always just like, well, uh, have you met Christians? Like, it really is as simple as like turning on the spigot for a while (laughs) and you will end up with uh, lots of terrible takes. And so I'm, I'm not really worried about running out of content, but I have been a little out of the stream. You know, I've got the essential worker busyness going on right now. So I mm, haven't just mm-hmm. picked up as much in the ether <laughs> of Christianity. So I, I was sort of spending some time this morning sort of going around all my usual places and surprise, surprise, Instead of finding what I was looking for, which is just, you know, problematic Christian content, our favorite PCC, <laughs> uh, what I found was a couple things that were really great. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Shut the fuck up. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. It was uh, it was genuinely shocking to me, too. That goes against, uh, was, the, that goes against the ethos of this podcast. But it was it was good enough that I was like, you know what? Like, let's lean into it. I can really go for this right now. Um, and this first one, I think is great because it kind of opens up the door to talk about 
how we've been feeling, or at least how I've been feeling lately, which is I mean, incredibly I, dispirited. I've never been stronger. You know, I just, <laughs> I want our listeners to know that I am not just surviving, I'm thriving. That this yeah, is... Zach is breaking into gyms, uh, you know, <laughs> so he can do, use all of the crazy workout equipment. He's never been swoller. Uh, he I, read I, all of Dostoevsky last night just for fun. I, I gave myself a tattoo. This is live, laugh, love. Really taking stick and poke to its logical conclusion. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I bumped into this article on Baptist News Global, which is a new site that we've used before because mm-hmm. it, it, it assembles so things from a lot of places. It is actually... So here's what I'll say. I have not spent enough time with them to be able to say, like, cosign on Baptist News Global. No. But the parts that I have interacted with are usually above average. Like, they, mm-hmm. they do a good job of having a little bit a little bit more diversity in terms of their voices than a lot of other, you know, religious news organizations. Yeah, they, they had that one half Italian guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's skinny, so that's like a twofer. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they've done genuinely, I think, a good job of keeping up on sort of like the Baptist sex abuse scandal and having lots of information. And uh, so in general, my experience has been fairly positive, uh, but this was still the pretty rare article that I could just be like, well, this is 100% right. And it came from a lady named Susan M. Shaw. She's a professor. And she says, I'll get to hope, but for now I need to sit in the ashes and mourn. And that's the Mm. title. Wow. (laughs) Uh, And there's a lot to get into like with this article, but I Mm -hmm. I really appreciated how, and I'll I'll just read some of the opening uh, to start. She said, I've watched as Christians leap to Bible verses about hope and share words of support and cheer on social media. I have at times felt a little like the Eastertide equivalent of Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, oh, that's pretty I'm good. Not, I am not encouraged by images of neighborhoods cheering healthcare workers or inspirational stories about recovery from the virus. Upbeat Facebook posts just annoy me. And I don't want to have a virtual cocktail hour or sit around a computer screen trying to sing Great is Thy Faithfulness while sheltering in place. And then she says, I've been trying over the last month to make sense of my reaction, my absolute rejection of the seemingly endless number of attempts to help me feel better about the situation in our world. I've realized that reaching for hope beyond the pandemic, we may become we may be trying to avoid the hard step in between the pandemic and normalcy, namely grief, raw, unadulterated grief. And at least for me, it's attendant rage was last time you heard a, a Christian woman being allowed to express rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frankly, the fact that it was published at all, it's pretty shocking. <laughs> um, it's the most feminist thing I've ever seen a Baptist do. She is actually a Baptist preacher as well. She's ordained. Um, oh, that's awesome. She's saying something. For me, like, this article focuses on grief and rage and specifically on how preventable the situation with COVID that we're dealing with in the U.S. was, how if we had mm-hmm. acted faster and not ignored the warning signs if we had, she says, if we had universal health care, if we had guaranteed minimum incomes or living wages, if our political leaders had listened to scientists and experts, all of this horrific death and disaster could have been mitigated. And then she says, this is maybe my favorite line. We know that COVID disproportionately offense, affects the most vulnerable. We also know that it is disproportionately spread in communities of color. The impact of this coronavirus is yet another consequence of our long national history of white supremacy. Well, damn. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty good from a from a Baptist. That's borderline incredible. I know it. Uh, it really spoke to the place that I've been in this past week, which is just like 
depression and rage or at least like deep dispiritedness and rage i mean we have the continuing effects of this virus people dying uh we know that the actual death toll is so much higher than is being reported we have Mm -hmm. seen that it is disproportionately as this article points out affecting people of color uh there was a report that like in atlanta uh exclusively black people had died um, yeah from this virus yeah and there's there's been stats that say like oh for some strange reason death totals in these states have been 50 percent higher than normal which is statistically impossible yeah exactly yeah i think the new york times had a thing just today just being like hey so we're seeing our overall death rate skyrocket and so obviously some of that is either directly caused by covid that isn't diagnosed or is just some of these the effects of covid just sort of spreading um into you know other people not being able to access health care into all these issues you know and at the same time we're looking at uh you know donald trump going all supply side economics on us and talking about how like, well, we need to bail out the corporations. We have the entire democratic establishment simping for a racist, uh, you know, just really, really horrific to see, um, so many people just be like, Oh yeah, no, I, I, I support, I support, uh, Biden, like whether that's Gillibrand or Stacey Abrams or Bernie fucking Sanders. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know how much time we want to spend on this, but like, I'm sorry. He needs, he should have fucking rescinded that, that in my, in my opinion, like at this point, there's nothing to gain from it. And I wish he, you know, I've, I've tweeted this. I've talked about this a little bit in the public eye, but he shouldn't have dropped out. I, you know, I get why he dropped out, I guess, but I wish he had endorsed Joe, especially when the, particularly among progressive circles, we knew the terror Reid stuff back then. And it's only gotten more and more confirmed since. Yeah, so Tara Reid was already out there speaking. She was mm-hmm. basically silenced by mainstream media. Um, oh, full and, on. And There's only no way to... in the last like week and a half have we maybe seen like the sort of national news stories that you know if this wasn't the Democratic establishment candidate would have been screaming out of the gate. Um, like God forbid if this was an allegation against Bernie Sanders, what that would have looked like. Yeah, you can hop on YouTube and watch like supercuts of Joe Biden being super creepy to children on the Senate floor, but somehow this is our guy. I don't fault Bernie for suspending his campaign when he did. Sure. Yeah. I think that there were legitimate concerns about safety after we had seen mm-hmm. that uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, just how much we were willing, uh, the Democratic establishment was willing to sacrifice lives to get what they needed. Like, I, and mathematically, you know, I, I think it was, it was uh, challenging. But there are a lot of consequences for that, whether that's we have so much less leverage from the left than we did in 2016 by not going to the convention, by, you know, we've already seen in New York that they're taking Bernie's name off the ballot. They're essentially mm-hmm. suspending democracy. So it's yeah. not like we get anything for that except safety, which is good. But for me, it's it's at a point where it's pretty fucking unacceptable that our, you know, leftist socialist grandpa is co-signing this. And, you know, as much as I think he would like to say that this is him continuing what he's always said, which is that the most important thing is to defeat Donald Trump or the fact that he seems to have some sort of personal like relationship with Biden or like likes him or feels like he's, you know, a genuine guy, even as 
Biden has spent his whole career fighting against everything Bernie believes in. Like, whatever the reasoning, there is nothing at this point that can justify a continued endorsement. And we've seen this before from Bernie when, like, Mm -hmm. when the chips go down and stuff changes, like, he has pulled endorsements before. And I just, I think we absolutely, that is the least we can expect at this point. Um, Yeah, I, I, I... I see all the political math, but I'm sorry, you know, Bernie, you, you know, and, and listen, I still love my boy, but it's time. It's time to pull it. And, and that's, yeah. that's that's more or less all I have to say about it. I just kind of have been really struggling with feeling like we are in a hopeless situation. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it is becoming increasingly clear that there may be no more stimulus checks for actual people. We're going to keep bailing out corporations and spending trillions of dollars to make sure that industries uh, get their checks. But as we already saw in the first one, where actual working people got a pittance compared to what was doled out Mm -hmm. for all these other organizations. The best we can hope for is Nancy fucking Pelosi, you know, dropping one line about maybe considering universal basic income. Like, more people are going to get hurt. It's just a really bad situation. And so it was really cathartic for me to hop on and see this Mm -hmm. expressed so clearly and so well um, by Susan. You know, uh, she says... Before we rush to hope, I think we need to sit for a while in the ashes. We need to mourn and rage and contemplate the decisions we made that led us to this moment. She says, this pandemic is not a theological crisis. It's a moral one. And we would do well in this moment to take the advice of the prophet Jeremiah, put on sackcloth, lament, and howl. That's pretty metal. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, and she just points out that, like, evil will always exist in the world, but so much of the evil that we're dealing with right now is because of choices that were made. That evil also exists because humans make choices, and, you know, to put a slightly more socialist spin on it, because our systems are constructed to to cost life at the ex- for the purpose of capital. Um, and that, like, we just have to own that. Like, we, we can't jump right to, like, oh, it's going to be so great when fucking Applebee's opens up. Like in a town where the Applebee's will be the one restaurant that survives this. You know, you've made the point really clearly, so I'm not going to not gonna hit it much harder, but except to say that, you know, my own sort of personal glow up aside, you know, I've been sort of feeling uh, a fair amount of sort of powerlessness and sort of, frankly, contempt for my country and my, and my fellow citizens. And that's not totally fair. And, and I need to consider that contempt is sort of pointed at the right places. You know, our leaders are wealthy, but it's, it's really difficult to not think that we have reached a point where we can't do anything anymore ex- except give companies money, give bankers money, give money, uh, build bombs. And, and I just kind of think it's, I don't have a whole lot of hope that it's ever going to get better on that sort of stage. And, you know, as Christians, we know the world will always be broken and flawed and all that. But it's, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to sort of see 2020 and be like, oh, I, I think this is all kind of going downhill from here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we just we live in a one party system and that party is capital. And we have two two sort of aesthetic variations on how we protect capital. Uh, but we really don't have a way to protect people in this country. And I, we have seen that so clearly throughout the course of this virus. Uh, but, you know, it's just it's a week where Donald Trump is I- issuing executive orders to force meatpacking plants to murder people so that everyone can still have their chicken like this is just really (laughs) ugly and you know i want to be clear that like i do we do acknowledge the challenges when human like the the ability to live is so desperately tied to the ability to construct profit that like 
the question of how to and when to open the economy is a challenging one because people are going to get hurt. Like we're not mm-hmm. ignoring that. Uh, I think too often the liberal response has just been like, well, let's just keep it shut. And that's important. And that is not necessarily untrue. But then you have to protect the people that are suffering. And it's the complete right. lack of willingness to take the added step of saying, and we got you. That is just so fucking upsetting and so childish and takes this idea that like we are somehow caring for people just by turning off, you know, the economy and really just be like, well, you're not addressing the desperation like and uh, yeah, it's, it's only it's only half the answer. And it, it just I'm really struggling with the fact that like no one is there to actually like fix these things. You know, we've we've built a a. a a system that only takes care of the rich and the corporations and anything else is is not its concern you know mitch mcconnell is worried about bailing out companies and also passing legislation and this is true that will prevent them from being held liable if people die of corona on their watches and so it's just you know i mean that was a big part of the executive order for the meatpacking plants is like hey 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 we got you they won't be able to sue you when they die like you'll be fine you're indemnified uh, so yeah, that's that's enough of that. I just wanted to say one more time, thank you, Susan. Thank you for articulating yeah, so truly. well and so clearly the true scope of the horror of this thing. Thank you for encouraging lament rather than just proceeding directly to hope. Like mm-hmm. both have their place, and she says, you know, I will I will find hope in something at some point. But for right now, uh, rage and howl, baby. Um, that's the shitty Christian's way. Uh, so the other thing that I found uh, yes. after that was a little more fun. Uh, and so we're going to mix up this energy. So as great as it was to see like an actually good Christian take on the, the shit that we're going through, I mm-hmm. think the second thing I found is maybe something even more rare, uh, which is some actually funny Christian comedy. Nope. Lies. I don't believe you. <laughs> um, listen, our entire man, podcast, that, that's the entire premise of our podcast is that that's impossible and we're trying. <laughs> and we're bad at it too yeah i mean listen I'll, I'll i'll let our listeners be the judge of if but i genuinely laughed multiple times and this is a guy named matthew pierce okay. uh he by all accounts is just a regular ass dude who lives in alabama and's got some kids works a boring job uh but he has a twitter account that is basically a snapshot of like late 90s early 2000s like christian youth group culture mm-hmm. uh, in a really good way and i bumped into him today on twitter and ended up uh just laughing multiple times so this was like one of the first ones that got me me and my homeschool crew driving across town to the fundamentalist church because there's a concert by that homeschool family with 12 kids and they're all in a family band that plays classical music and josiah is in love with the daughter who plays the oboe this won't end well <laughs> Uh, one I, of his big I, things is subtweeting like random, you know, prominent Christian figures and just being like, do you like Switchfoot? Yes, no. That's so good. <laughs> uh, I I was Josiah. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have been to that concert like multiple times. Here's another one. When I was a kid and something bad happened, Jerry Falwell or Pat Robertson would say it was because of Ouija boards or because drums in church were making people masturbate. But anyway, I've been banned from Chick-fil-A again for leaving erotic VeggieTales fanfic in the restroom. <laughs> i don't know i don't know it just gets me it's just got a good vibe here that, one more one more i can't stop i can't stop good. myself astral projecting into a chick-fil-a play place going down the slides in open defiance of the quarantine orders i am a sovereign christian and your laws mean nothing 
these are the days of Elijah. <laughs> Just like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of beautiful to find like a comedy Twitter account made directly for me. Yeah. I'm not convinced you didn't write these and are now <laughs> yeah, this just is, like putting them in At a certain point, this is just self-promotion. No, I wish I was this funny on Twitter. Uh, I don't know. They just, he really cracked into a vibe. And I uh, embarrassingly found this because of a fucking Christianity Today article being like, welcome oh to weird, weird Christian Twitter. And I don't think it's that weird, but I do think it is genuinely hilarious. I also want to point out this dude appears to like actually be this dude. One of his tweets was like, he found a collection of uh, his old like school work from when he was homeschooled in seventh grade. And he was like going through it and taking pictures. And one of the things he had made was like an incredibly violent Bible comic. Uh, where a dude decked out in the armor of God, which was like chain mail, but it was rainbow chain mail. I don't know if that's a code of many colors reference or if he was just getting fancy with it. Uh, but that dude is slaughtering hella demons and there's just blood <laughs> everywhere. And it was, it was just the perfect, like, so often, you know, research for this podcast is, can be a little dispiriting because you, you, you hop on whatever and you're looking in places and you're just like, Ugh, this is really gross. And it's great Disagree. to disagree. Like, when Franklin Graham says that I have demons because I don't support Donald Trump, I feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, listen, we all we all have our favorite little demons. I got I've got my anti Trump Beelzebub in me right now. I don't know. It just it was genuinely heartening to me to see those things. And I, I figured if we're gonna spend all this time talking about legitimate things that are terrible in our faith and people who are absolutely bad actors we should maybe take a moment to acknowledge when like hey like some people actually got some shit right and we're actually funny give us uh, our listeners the handle you can find him at matthew e pierce uh where he bills himself as an evangelical thought leader tm excellent uh i will be following him today so uh retweets are not endorsements i don't really know who this dude is outside of this space but the tweets were funny so here we go no i'm gonna say right now i stand by everything matthew pierce has ever done everything he's ever said <laughs> ever that is the official <laughs> shitty christians uh sort of like you know you go to a church website and who are we ours is just matthew pierce's twitter let's get to the main event so shall to get we? to something a little less cute but still hilarious. But this Twitter account and sort of social media presence has been in my brain for the better part of six months now. Yeah, we you have been actively following this. <laughs> like it is, it is very rare uh, for anything that we do on this podcast to become such a personal passion of yours. <laughs> the the transformed wife sort of Twitter feed, blogosphere, Facebook presence is just is it's just empire empire i think you i think you mean empire i can't stop thinking about it so i become obsessed with her who is her so this is Lori alexander she's pretty big on social media in certain spheres uh she has like you know eight to ten thousand twitter followers which doesn't sound like that many but she's huge on facebook she has a hundred and eight thousand people following her on facebook and a huge amount of traffic to her blog and she's written two books I'm not going to say prominent name because she's a little too niche for that. But she she has a fucking following yeah. for sure. You know, she's been interviewed in USA Today. And so she's she's around. And a snippet of her bio is, I began mentoring women years ago and have found my ministry in doing this. I've been blogging since 2011 and you can find over 1,400 posts at her old blog. <laughs> and she posts all the time. Several, usually several a week. 
She is a huge poster and just churns out a lot of content. And I got to say, I think their following is completely legitimate, having spent a lot of time with this woman over the last months, because she gets a huge amount of not just like followers, but a lot of engagement. Yeah. So these are like actual people. She didn't just like pave to get some follows on Twitter. Like this is this is her real life. Yeah. So her Twitter is where we're going to start, because I think that's we're going to ease our way in. Here's some tweets recently from the transformed wife. How can any born again believer not support our president? <laughs> it's just this is just where yeah. we start. He defends Christianity, the life of the unborn and Israel. Oh, good. All of those things. <laughs> yeah, I'm openly against two of those three things. <laughs> He's going hard after human trafficking. Parentheses. Slavery. Yes. Friend of Jeffrey Epstein against human trafficking. <laughs> yeah. He's appointing conservative judges. He's oh, exposing hypo- hu- the hypocrisy of the left. He's that not might actually enemy. be true. Pray for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he. I think the best unintentionally, part of Trump is, oh, unintentionally. Yeah. But I think Donald Trump has actually absolutely exposed the hypocrisy of the. Uh, I'm going to say, establishment liberalness. Next week, our economy can't withstand much more of this. If our economy collapses, so will the rest of the world. If that happens, you will see the rise of tyrants. <laughs> uh, yep. Then you'll see it. Yep. Only then. I absolutely don't want people to die. I want people to live. But sheltering in place is not living. Oh my god, this is one of my favorite right-wing canards is like, is is this what my father went and sprayed people with Agent Orange in (laughs) Vietnam for so that I I could live like this? Like, this this is no way. Fuck off, man. Like, Jesus Christ, you can't can't keep your face out of a Fuddruckers for five minutes without deciding that life isn't worth living anymore. Yeah, it's like, it's really interesting. These are people who fetishize, like, the like Londoners keeping a stiff upper lip in the blitz and like they can't go to a fucking fat burger for two minutes. Like, okay. So fat burger, I specifically (laughs) didn't bring up because I'm a little closer to them on that. Don't out me on this podcast. Yeah. It's just, I I think, I think maybe, and then we can move forward because we've got a lot to cover, but I think it maybe actually does say something about how terrible these people's fucking lives are that they can't be alone in their houses, still surrounded by distractions, still constantly just a bevy of Fox news screens and terrible like Facebook posts, like not lacking for entertainment, but they still just can't fucking function for five minutes. They're immediately just like, well, this is, I'll fucking kill myself. I don't care. I'd rather you all die. And, you know, the more insidious, less sincere version of this is like, this is never actually about them. It's about you. They want you to go die. They're not the ones in danger. Uh, they're a bunch, but I mean, I think, they're a bunch I, of landlords I think as part of it. Here's yeah. the one thing I will say. I think Miss Transformed Wife herself is sincere. I, don't, I think she's not a grifter. A lot of these motherfuckers are grifters. I think she is the even scarier thing of being a true believer in her nonsense. Well, that's why, that's why I am like endlessly yeah. fascinated with her. Like, there's plenty of grifters, and we talk about them, and I enjoy talking about them. But she is far more like Tommy Wiseau in the room. Like, what makes this 
She is she is ideological. Yeah. But okay, so so far, I'm just gonna say it. This is this is pretty run of the mill Republican, man. Why are we even talking about this? She's super right wing, whatever. Uh, things take a turn because you know uh, she's not just Republican. She has some thoughts on vaccines. Okay, like I said, someone at run of the mill Republican. Someone, at, <laughs> someone asked why I am against shots for children. Read the inserts that come with the vaccinations to see all of the ingredients being injected into your child and examine closely all of the side effects. Then go research all those ingredients and tell me what you think. Oh, my God. I We've talked about this on the pod before, but anti-vaxxers, I just, listen, okay, so it takes this one tiny kernel of truth, which is that, mm-hmm. like, for-profit healthcare is monstrous, right? Like, totally. hey, sometimes these institutions that we have ostensibly created to help people do the opposite. And like, and then it runs to the dumbest execution on that idea. Like vaccines are the last place that you should be going when you want to talk about things that are terrible in our healthcare system. Let's move forward. Um, she continues with the Corona stuff, but this is a little bit more tweaked. I am older and have underlying health issues, so I could die from this virus, but I don't want to sacrifice my children's and grandchildren's future to protect me. In the same way, a mother will sacrifice her body to give life to her unborn baby. There's always sacrifice in life. Oh, my God. She has just fully internalized death cult capitalism. She wants to throw herself on the wheels of stocks. So yeah. that stocks may live, Michael, so that stocks may live, Lori Alexander must die. Yeah, when when uh, Christian's saying, you must increase, I must decrease, Lord, the Lord that they're referring to is Jeff Bezos. Uh, so it's, that's really what it's all been about. Like, we just need his net worth to go up a few billions. And, and that'll be our prime delivered crown when we get to Amazon heaven, which, uh, I don't know, is just a, a prime subscription you don't have to pay for. I, I don't even... It gets weirder. (laughs) Yeah. Many years ago, my husband looked at me and said, I will never divorce you since I would never do that to our children. (laughs) Too many couples divorce and in essence say to their children, here, kids, this burden is too heavy to bear. You carry it. Uh, I think she's saying that when parents get divorced, it is little Timmy's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one, one, you're definitely, you're definitely saying that divorce (laughs) is the kid's fault. Which we can uh, all agree, obviously. Two, this That's... is like posited as like some sweet statement of like love. But actually what he's saying is like, I would never divorce you only because like 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 there's there's an underlying statement there of like I would fucking love to divorce you. But you know <laughs> I would prefer. But you know the kids. What? My my preference would be to never see you again, but I'm worried that I'm going to tell little Timmy that he that he made me hate my his mom. So we're gonna stay together. Jesus Christ! The amount of sort of personal reveal—it's very revealing. Uh, so I started perusing her blog because fuck you, and and I just I. Uh, and Seems I, a little I harsh. I don't know why you would bring that kind of language onto this podcast. But so, uh, one of the more recent posts, she reposted a Dave Ramsey article about the oh, stimulus goody. check, and I just want to like read a little tiny bit of it to tenants about getting your stimulus check. If the government says you don't have to pay your rent and there's a ban on evictions, you do. You better do whatever you can to pay your rent. There will be major repercussions when eviction bans are lifted. Don't think you'll get a free ride out of this. Your landlord has bills to pay too. 
Oh. <laughs> Michael. Michael. Landlords have bills to pay, too. I don't know if you knew this. Dave Ramsey. Will someone think of the parasites? <laughs> God, that is that is one of the most upsetting uh, sentences I have ever read. Your landlord has bills to pay, too. Man, there is nobody that contributes less to, like, the flourishing of human life, much less the economy, than fucking landlords. Like, there, there, it truly is one of the most repugnant things that a human being yeah. can be. And I'm going to be a little more specific here and say that, like, I'm not necessarily talking about the person that, like, has a starter house and, like, has, you know, had the same family living in it. It's just, like, I'm not, like, I think those things are still potentially problematic. But what I'm really talking about is the fact that, like, 50% of rental units in California are owned by one company. You know, they spent $100 million just to knock down, you know, a possible opening up of the potential for rent control. Like, these people are the most vicious parasites on its culture. And it's frankly embarrassing that we have, like, maybe three Congress people that are actually calling for not just a ban on evictions temporarily. And, you know, here's the thing. Dave Ramsey's right here when he says, hey, you're going to be fucked because they're going to – are no one saying that, like, you are not going to be responsible for this. They're just saying there's a temporary ban on evictions. So, frankly, I mean, Dave Ramsey has the right play here currently because of how little our country has done for us in this scenario. But you heard it here first. Shitty Christian signing off and Dave Ramsey. Fuck you. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it's upsetting. <laughs> Never make Dave Ramsey right. Never do that. So that's a flavor of who this woman is. Yeah, that, she, that's a word picture for sure. Yeah. So like she is essentially, I think, the most tradcath Protestant I've ever seen. You know, she's an anti-vaxxer. She's uh, leans so far to the right. She could be construed as fascist. Uh, More importantly, she wants things to go back so far that there might not have been writing back then. She is such a she is just the most hardcore traditionalist I've ever seen. And I think what's interesting is that she takes a lot of things I grew up listening and she just takes everything to its literal logical conclusion. Mm. That's I think what's super interesting about her is I've heard various flavors of all of this growing up except for the anti-vaxxer stuff really and it's just like great let's take it to the nth degree yeah 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 she is she is souped up but have we gotten to like we haven't really even talked about her views on marriage no i mean like there's a there's a there's so much more (laughs) so i just want to do a a lighter post is the uh that's just the title and then we're going to get into feminism but this is just funny Enduring hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, that could just be the title of my like sort of like junior high memoir. <laughs> <laughs> soldier of spiritual fortunes. She, the, she has opinions on everything. So she has opinions but on I, everything. I, I think, think her bet noir is feminism. Yes. I think we we have seen a beautiful pantheon of who the transform, how the transformed wife thinks, but we haven't arrived at her reason d'etre, so to speak. We have yes. not arrived at her true purpose. Zach, tell me, her... what was this woman put on earth to do? 
this woman was was put on earth to reassert gender roles that is actually what every single thing she writes about really is underneath of it all even the sort of praising of donald trump is it, it is this longing this desire to go back to 14th century gender roles yeah i was gonna say she doesn't even stop at like the 1950s like it's really no. crazy she thinks that's she thinks that's a little lit uh licentious in the 1950s to be honest I, I have never seen a person not even a woman a person that hates feminism this much like rush limbaugh is out there being like lady lady calm it down <laughs> yeah yeah rush limbaugh thinks it's a little much alex jones is like no nah, i can't have anyone that crazy on my program <laughs> so she writes about so yeah let's get into let's get, it start with feminism she writes uh she's written countless posts on this I firmly believe, she says, that nothing good has come from feminism, which couldn't have come about by godly means, and moreover, without the attendant destruction of individuals, families, and nations. What nation did feminism destroy? I mean, obviously, I understand the Michael, premise Michael. that, you know, these people all believe that feminism has ruined the family. But, like, what do you even mean, nation? Michael, feminism has ruined America. I can't believe <laughs> you don't think that. When you, like, look out... And see all these feminized men, all these himbos in their in their tight pants. Oh yes, I forgot about the skinny jeans pandemic. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, frankly, it's amazing amazing that any of us survived that. <laughs> the untold amount of testicular damage that was done by those jeans. Let me tell you, it was an entire generation's Vietnam. <laughs> okay, this is one of my favorite headlines, though, or favorite titles of one of her posts. Men have made our lives better, not feminism. Jesus. I uh, just... What a take. It's so galaxy-brained, it's almost hard to respond to. Like, uh, yeah, what? <laughs> you know what the most dangerous thing in the world for any woman is? It's a man. Yeah. A man. <laughs> a well, man. I just, like... I, I, I almost struggle to even like list all the crimes, because that's the premise of this podcast, but there's been innumerable crimes against women across time and space and just today uh both of our presidential candidates yeah. are just sex pest creeps and uh she has basically her argument is no with feminism she writes in this article over the past century it was labor-saving appliances invented by men and spread by capitalism that liberated women from daily drudgery <laughs> oh no oh no no <laughs> Oh God! Michael, it, it oh was yes, capitalism that saved women. Don't you understand? That great step forward for all women everywhere—the dishwasher. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I have spent a lot of time in and around people that have said some terrible things about women. Like I, I went to a public high school. God damn it! But like, this is one of the grossest <laughs> sentiments I have ever seen directed i think uh go ahead also just hilariously false on its face if we have learned nothing from the last 40 years of capitalism is that it is only existed not to save time and give us more free time but to extract every possible second of your time in the pursuit of profit like we have less time than we have ever had we work longer hours we work in like terrible conditions like what are you talking about labor saving appliances she continues 
Feminists made up the rules and gullible women fell into the trap laid for them by Satan. Feminism is an occult movement and tied into witchcraft. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a little bit of a story here. Please. I I heard from multiple people growing up when I was in history classes, I went to Christian schools. I have heard more than once that maybe the Salem witch trials were okay. Really? As a kid, that like, I have actually heard that take. Like, what if those people were doing witchcraft? And I, I guarantee you, I, I, I need to do some more research because this woman has written literally thousands of blog posts, and there will be future segments on her, no doubt. Yeah, she, she's I, entering the pantheon a la Bruce Ashford. Like this, this woman yes. shines too brightly for a single. <laughs> Uh, episode like we we will we're gonna get one of her books oh yeah we're gonna dive in don't you worry dear listener this woman will haunt you for episodes to come so i'm gonna tell you right now i'm gonna guarantee actually that if you asked her what she thought about the salem witch trials she'd say those young women were getting a little uppity <sighs> that's a take i have one more thought on that like i feminism is an occult movement uh i think i think we need to hold left twitter responsible for this uh, all of all of the witch references in your Twitter bios. This is clearly just playing into their hands. Yeah, look, Michael, uh, witchcraft is cool. That is my take on witchcraft. Yeah, I was gonna say it's fucking rad, and I'm. Super if you read into the Old it. Testament, it's all over the place. Like whatever, I'm I'm into it. So, witches of Endor, Star Wars crossover event. That uh, that is a very early prequel. <laughs> okay so she she writes she continues women were we've been pushed into feminism into the workplace for five main reasons here we go is number one to destroy heterosexual relationships <laughs> it's true when you watch mad men women get in the workplace no more heterosexual relationships don draper and roger sterling going at it for seasons and seasons on end that'd be a better show that would have been an amazing show. I there should have been more gay love affairs on Mad Men. That's my take on Mad Men now. It should have been it should have been glad men. Can I can I say one quick thing? Fuck Mad yeah. Men. God, I fucking hate that show. So fucking boring. Nothing happens. It's, ugh, useless. Useless television. Can I also say something about Mad Men? Yeah. Here's the thing about Mad Men. The excellence of John Hamm is the thing that's most tragic about it. Like, if you're correct, and I think you're correct to a certain extent. There's some great episodes, but I think you your thesis holds. Is the problem is it's peak John Hamm, and you want you want more for John Hamm, and you wanted he almost got John Hamm almost got Gone Girl. I'm not a big Gone Girl fan, but I want to live in a world where John Hamm is a major movie star, and and Mad Men has kept us from that world. I just I, it's insufferable. Number two problems feminism has pushed people and the women into the workplace two the central bankers slash government realized that they were only taxing half the population <laughs> okay again i think she's half right here i do i like i absolutely 100 percent believe women should have all the jobs uh but i do think that capitalism sort of figured out that like oh we can exploit people more we can make the jobs worse so that people need more of them oh yeah there's definitely something but, to that it's just uh not yeah, the way no, she but her it. her take i mean she she's kind of amazing because uh she she's always wrong like she is impressively always wrong in a way that like usually mm -hmm. people are 
mostly wrong and then sometimes get something right or mostly <laughs> right and occasionally get something wrong looking at you again bernie sanders um but like she is the anti bernie sanders she is the one she she has never taken a shot mm. she couldn't miss i'm kind of excited for them to host a podcast together after oh all of this all right number three to get the children away from the parents so that they could brainwash them via the public school system so the kids would no longer look at parents as the progenitors of knowledge and wisdom but would look to the state as the parent parentheses communism <laughs> to destabilize society by destroying the family isn't that the same as also, number one isn't capitalism like, destroying the family fa- whatever um five is anyways. my favorite though <clears throat> to push the homosexual agenda onto the population by creating so many problems between male and female relationships that many especially women would become lesbian <laughs> saying that jobs oh. make women gay yes this 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 woman is absolutely telling you that like don't you dare go get that office job it'll turn you hella gay that's a take it's it's a little bit like the i mean okay so here's what i have to say about that if pete Buttigieg had followed this woman's advice then we would have all been free of his political career he would have just stayed home and been a heterosexual like he always wanted <laughs> Man, somewhere, somehow, Chastin just got sad again. Uh, it gets a little grimmer. There's gonna, this is gonna be kind of up and down, because oh, grimmer, you say? Saying that like people want women in the workplace so they can become gay is is insane. But it it, it, it yeah, but it's almost hard to take seriously kind of al- because it is so insane. Like it's terrifying right. that this woman has a following. It's a little bit Alex but... Jones esque, and that you know the frogs are making you gay. Um, but. It yeah. gets grimmer when she's telling Christian yeah, yeah. women that uh, they should stay with their abusive partners. Because yeah, she, that's not she writes an article where she details it's... verbal abuse. Before telling a story about a woman who was with a verbally abusive husband for 14 years, but stayed with him, and then one day prayed him better. And that's what we should all do. Oh, boy. And that's just not funny. There's not anything cute to say about that. There's no jokes. It's just, uh, no, that's gross. Don't do that. Don't don't yeah, say that. Again, it, it's an incredibly horrific sentiment. We we talked about this a little bit last week with another, mm-hmm. you know, person that was advocating that divorce is always wrong, but like it's it's the kind of shit you can't even joke about. It's just too evil. It's just too evil. And it's it's shocking. You know, this woman says some impressively shocking and out there terrible stuff, but this sentiment is actually not that uncommon in certain segments of Christianity, and it's really upsetting. No. And and I'm so this will be some of the the a little bit darker here. Um, so a little bit of a content warning for abuse and rape the next few minutes. Um, yeah. And she, 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 once, she once said that a wife has a much greater chance of being abused if she is quarrelsome, contentious, and abusive towards her husband, rather than if she is kind, loving, and submissive. God's ways are for our good, not for our harm. Oh. So, yeah. Ah, that's dark. Yep. That one, that one stinks. And, a and it's important. I bring this stuff up not to sort of wallow in the muck, and we're not going to spend as much time on this yeah. as the fun things. But it's a little bit like it's important when you're watching Tiger King that you know that Joe Exotic's husband killed himself. It's important to show that this woman is actually propagating to tens of thousands, maybe over hundred, over a hundred thousand people, this sort of sort of poison, and that this is this yeah. is accepted thought in certain 
segments of society. Why did you burn the emotional meatloaf? Like, it's, right. it's, that is, oh, it's horrifying. I, um, it's, I think what's shocking to me about it is that it, it's just so fucking naked. Like, yeah, like you're just saying it. You're just putting it out there. Like, uh, be more submissive so you don't get hit. Like, what on earth? Yeah, no. And, and this woman has developed a following with this argument, like by saying these things. So the, the darkest yeah. thing we're going to get into and then we're going to get out of this particular segment. So we, just so we know who we're dealing with. Uh, she's written a handful of times about marital rape, and she... Oh, no. <laughs> I'm genuinely not ready for this. God. No, and and again, I feel like it's important to get into this briefly, but it's it's, it's yeah, not yeah. what no, you want. No, let's let's do it. It's, it's important to know who this person really is, so let's do it. She once made a video and has written several posts about a woman who wrote about waking up while her husband was having sex with her, which is rape. And yes, her, sleeping people cannot consent. Yep, just it's just full on rape, and and her response to that was, "You should get into it. You should want to please your husband. You're married. Mm. He has a right to your body." She writes, "A man has to ask his wife each time he wants sexual intimacy with her." Question mark. Where is the romance or spontaneity into this? What about the where consent? is the romance or spontaneity in consent? <laughs> What about the command to not deprive our spouses? Where does this fit in? We only have to obey the command when we feel like it. Oh, God. So, yeah. And she she has written extensively about this and essentially her position, which is a position I've heard before in some corners. Yeah, I've, I've heard this too. This is... Something that I think is hopefully getting better in mainstream evangelical circles. I've seen some evidence of that, but this mm. was not an incredibly uncommon take. So that uh, you can't say no if you're married to your partner. Yeah, or that it's wrong to say no. Um, eh. That like, you know, hey, your bodies belong to each other. Although somehow it never seems to go the other way um, with that. Like somehow that, that demand on uh, like... 24-7 sexual access never seems to be applied to, to, to the male. No, certainly not. Because they're the, the head of the household. Yeah, And uh, so... That's this, horrifying. This, it's extremely horrifying. And there's a yeah. lot of funny things. We're going to laugh at some more of them. She will yeah. remain a character in the canon. But it's also important to note that she has internalized some real bone-deep misogyny. And... Uh, it's, internalized it's pretty, and pretty propagated. Scary. Yeah, no, internalized and, and made like a, a fucking career out of mm -hmm. selling this shit to other women. Like she's she's calling herself a mentor of women. She's saying like I am going to help your marriage get better by telling you that like suck it up and get raped, and if you didn't talk back so much, he wouldn't fucking hit you. Like it's it's a lot more than just internalized. It is absolutely, but like holy shit, this is how you pay your bills, lady. Like, and so we're going to, I'm going to do a few lighter headlines to transition us out of this. And then we're going to get into her stuff on purity culture and dating, which is her other sort of uh, subject of, let's say, fascination. <laughs> so a few lighter headlines. He wants the children vaccinated. She doesn't. <laughs> it's, just, it's just great. Wait, aren't you, aren't you supposed to submit all the time, lady? Like, what are we talking about here? She does end up coming down on that and saying that, like, look, 
vaccines obviously the devil's work but if your husband <laughs> wants them you can't stop him he's so big and strong so you have to go along with it uh i i love that in her view vaccines are evil and dangerous and are going to hurt children so somehow in saying let your kids get vaccinated she manages to be even more evil because by her own moral standards that is allowing harm to come to your children because your husband demands it yeah i'd be very curious to ask her mental her uh, sort of math if your husbands are abusing your kids what should you do but let's move forward Oh, I, I do not want to ask her that question. I absolutely do not know what she has to say on that topic. I bet she's written about it. Uh, but that's another episode. On a much on a couple lighter ones here. Become li- please be- God. Become lifelong students of your husbands. <laughs> Just, <laughs> what? What kind of nonsense is that? Okay. Oh yeah, that is. I I hate that because it takes a beautiful idea. Uh, that you should constantly be like investing in your relationship and learning and caring and getting to know the person that you're spending your life with or you know whatever amount of time with that like that is a beautiful concept the idea that over time and with love and effort you get to really like understand a person better and and live life in in communion with them i think is great but then you take that and you turn it into like some weird porno like oh now you're a student oh he's the professor like (laughs) what what it's it's very it's grim it's funny um don't be a loud woman exclamation point no i mean again this is all horrifying but also i'm just envisioning i'm envisioning her like basically running her household like the quiet place like (laughs) she just walks around on padded feet all time like why is her to be neither seen nor heard jesus i I appreciate the exclamation point because she is yelling not to be a loud woman and (laughs) and the irony there is pretty delicious yeah, I was going to say this woman has a pretty large platform. She's 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 a little loud if you if you if you're just looking at the follower numbers. No, I have no hatred for working mothers. <laughs> just yeah, like, oh, somehow. you really why are we here, lady? I'm not a Nazi. It was just one rally. So, there's a bunch of other stuff, but I kind of want to get into dating. Yes. So this is this because... has been a regular shitty Christian's fascination, Christian dating. Uh it's awkward. Let's get into it. Well, I want to say she has written posts that are full on like Josh, Joshua, Joshua Harris's book is good and biblical. So that's just her, her, that's her take. Okay. That's a default. That's so a, that's a, that's a starting point for sure. So talking about, uh, dating feminists do not allow men to have preferences. Only women can have preferences. If men are allowed preferences, soon they will start preferring debt-free versions who have no tattoos. <laughs> and who knows what else they will prefer next? I think. I a think. Home. Didn't this well-behaved children? <laughs> I think so. Delicious and nutritious meals and a vibrant marriage. First of all, I know a lot of straight men. I'm not sure she understands what they're looking for. <laughs> yes. Uh, Check out all of America's Pornhub search history, debt-free virgins with no tattoos. <laughs> uh, I really hope this woman has like a secret underground Tumblr uh, erotica project about debt-free virgins without tattoos. I, I don't think it would be underground. I think I think that's her second book. <laughs> uh, Christmas Christmas bi- Brides for Debt-Free Virgins Without Tattoos. <laughs> 
So she writes a lot about dating. What uh, what a husband asked a future wife on their first date. How would you have answered these questions? Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. This is, this is date, Michael. This is date one. Okay. Are you ready to answer some? Are you ready to answer some questions? We we are now on a date. We are eating. Oh, we are eating. We are drinking mediocre Starbucks with too much whipped cream in it. Uh, we're sitting. We're sitting uh, outside because, of course, you know the patio is just a little bit more datey. Uh, you know? I am wearing a puka shell uh, necklace because it's the year two thousand and six. I am. Uh, wearing a modest top, but showing just a brief hint of bra strap. Oh, you're one of those, Mm. church girl. Question one. Are you willing to uphold the teachings of the church and teach our children those teachings? (laughs) Never. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Question Uh, question number two on date one. Will you never use birth control and allow God to bless us with as many (laughs) slash few children as he sees fit? Oh, I, uh, we don't have time to get into my never ending fascination with how Protestant people got to be anti birth control. Are you willing to stay home and raise children and not have a career? Why did you have to specify not have a career? (laughs) This woman has a career. I don't understand. Like she writes books. She's full on famous in in a a small circle, but she's full on well known. Are you willing to homeschool our children? This is a first day. This is a first day. Uh, I, I assume just, I can only imagine that if some poor person answered yes to all of these questions, uh, that uh, that immediately, instantaneously, they would have five children thrown at them, and they'd be like, "Great, thanks!" And then the guy would just take off. Like it's <laughs> it's like the it follows situation. <laughs> oh, that's good, Michael. When you were courting. Uh, in high school, did you start with these questions? Uh, you know, thankfully, thankfully, sex was so far off the table that we did not feel the need to litigate our standards on birth control. Um, and I am grateful for that because my high school relationships were plenty awkward enough without having to dive into this shit. 17 and being like, I need you I, to never use birth control. Here's the thing. Uh, I am sure that some of our listeners are there and be like, read, hearing these are going to be like, honestly, not the worst first date I've been on. <laughs> but God. All right. All right. Get into it. Let's bring this home. Do you believe in dressing in the appropriate gender clothing? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. That vibe's a- kink. That's kink shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, there's no such thing as gender clothing. Fuck off. Like, fuck you. Where do jeans land on that? Oh, I, I think we might know what she has to say about jeans, but, but, but. Oh, I, I, this is a worthwhile detour. Please. Somebody, somebody once called my dad, uh, who was a pastor at church and asked if the church allowed women to wear pants. And my father uh, was like, uh, yes. <laughs> and the man then asked, do they have zippers on them? Whoa. Wow. That's a new one. <laughs> this was in the late nineties. <laughs> I, I have I have heard a lot of terrible things about the patriarchy uh, or from the patriarchy, <laughs> but somehow I did not know that there was an anti-zipper contingent, or maybe it was pro-zipper. I don't know. Maybe it was buttons that he was really concerned about. I'm tempted to say though that this man had a strong anti-zipper sentiment. That he was like, no, 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 no it's it's too modern. All those teeth. Don't trust it. It's just uh, it's just too easy of an access situation. Uh, my dad, I think, said something to the effect of, you know, uh, he's not sure who would check. 
and <laughs> they went from there. <laughs> Last question in our article for our first date. Yeah. What do you think is the ideal hierarchy of the household? Oh, man. Um, okay, so right up top, I'm going to put Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, he's just, <laughs> I mean, he's a course. real one. Thank you. Um, he, he's a, he's a, he's a shooter, man. He shoots straight. Like he's not, he's not about this other wrestling bullshit. Like he'll tell you how he feels. Um, from there, I think he, he also went guest starred on Nash Bridges. So uh, that's awesome. I listen, man, if you want to transform this podcast right now into a stone cold, Steve Austin, <laughs> like weird TV shows <laughs> and B movies made by the WWE. Like I'm 100% here for that. I will go down this road with you. Um, this will become the best Ex- first date I've ever been on. If that's the direction we go with this, uh, number so- two through five, by the way, just dogs. Just dogs. Whatever dog is in the Aww. house, whatever dog is around, they are the leader heads of this household. Please and thank you. Aww. Naps okay. and treats for all. This is my. This is my. Stone Cold Steve Austin and a bunch of dogs. That's the. That's the house. That's the house I long to live in. Yeah, uh, so and that, a bunch of rescue dogs. Let's be clear. Obviously, this is a. This is an adopt don't shop podcast. So that was our date. How'd I do? Are we? Uh, are we yeah. married now? I think legally we got married, but somewhere between questions two and three. So can we say that the transformed wife has destroyed heterosexual marriage? <laughs> I think we should tell her that. <laughs> yeah, we should. Uh, we should be like biggest fans. Love you so much. Got married last April. Really small ceremony. Very intimate. We got gay married because of, with your encouragement. So she, you know, uh, she talks about how modern dating is simply another name for sexual immorality and has damaged the institution of marriage, which requires faithfulness and commitment. Mm. Our children were raised during the purity culture. They went to a purity camp <laughs> and learned all about being pure until marriage. A purity camp. Oh no. So that's ter- that's terrifying. That, that my like you come out with your purity pledge tattooed on your arm. Uh it it, it is a series of numbers. Those numbers are measurements. Ugh. I I've done some weird Christian things. I was raised in the culture. Uh, what the fuck is a purity camp? I have a question. Is it co-ed? Should it be? Would it? Which is worse? I I genuinely cannot even begin to fathom how dark an actual purity camp would be. Because I have endured like a purity culture Sunday school lesson or two in my day, let me tell you. But I just can't even fathom. It's a camp. What are the activities? Oh my gosh. Are the activity are the activities just fraudage? <laughs> no, the activities are the opposite of fraudage. There's no fraudage at purity you camp, know, you I, monster. It would be a little bump and grind uh, to save you from, you know, penetration. I'm very upset that you would even impugn the honor of the purity camp. Okay, you're right. This, this sort of salaciousness. Enough. No, it's like they're practicing turning down. They're practicing turning down dates the way that you practice turning down like marijuana in third grade for dare. Like um, successfully. Yeah, they're they're like uh, hunt down the birth control and burn it. Like that's the hey, hide and seek. I- I was authored neither dates nor marijuana in high school, so I guess it worked. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well done. We're going to do more research. I want to figure out what a purity camp is and uh, talk to somebody who's been to one. Again, so I, one, I may not be able up, to follow you down, down this path. We might, we might be in too dark territory for me. To wrap it up is my single favorite take on dating that she has. This is, 
this is some dark shit. When kissing begins, the motors start to rev up. Yeah, they do. True. A kiss is a contract. She continues, Kobe Bryant was asked when his daughter could start dating, and he replied, she can date when she's married. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You're quoting Kobe. Noted, noted moral hero, Kobe. Acknowledged, admitted rapist. You're quoting Kobe a rapist. Kobe Bryant, the guy that was like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah, that's the title of his book, not If I Did It. I totally did it. Kobe truly is the 2020 icon, uh, rapist and, and dead. Like, Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm just, if he hadn't died, I'm pretty sure the DNC would be running him for president right now. Yeah, and they'd probably fucking win. Um, he's a lot more popular. He would definitely win. Uh, he And and so, anyway, uh, that's just, that is sort of the, uh, the, the her, her take on dating and purity culture. It's good. Purity culture is good. Don't date. Listen to Kobe. Yeah, you know you're in good hands when, when you're getting your dating advice from Kobe but, Bryant. But it's truly, so she is this amazing figure. I love her. I'm obsessed. And 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 I think she is a true zealot. Because she gets pretty she eventually gets even more galaxy brained when she talks about voting, and in particular women voting. Oh, I'm afraid I know where this is going. There's two articles in particular and some tweets, but two articles I just cannot stop thinking about. The title of one. In nineteen oh three, women did not want to vote. I just, I, Zach, you have to stop reading these because I can't keep doing spit takes. My mouth is parched. <laughs> I have no more saliva left to spit. I just, I cannot be stunned again in the next half hour. I'm pretty sure I will die. Women well, didn't I, want to vote. Yeah, Michael, didn't you know that? So we'll do that one first. So she, she talks about how in 1903, there was an article in everyone's favorite publication, The Atlantic, titled oh, why women why women do not wish the suffrage <laughs> she writes about how the author explains why women didn't want the vote parentheses only four percent wanted to vote in a poll taken they knew their highest calling was in the home and raising the next generation oh how far we have fallen now many mothers do not want to be home full-time raising the next generation they want to be out in the workforce instead and societies have suffered greatly <laughs> Zach, I'm telling you, I cannot keep pounding my head against this wall. I just can't do it. Uh, no, dude. It's like it's like Shawshank. Keep digging, man. You'll get out one day. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't. I will be a puddle on the floor, and this woman will still have a f- massive following. Uh, man, that's true. Uh, we are in the hole, and she is the warden. Uh, she then publishes a bunch of sort of terrifying, aggressive, slanderous shit from 1903. But I want to get into something that's more directly her words about voting. The title of this article is Warnings Against the Feminization of America. Oh, God. It, it's really... Okay, so like one of the running theories of shitty Christians is that there is always money to be made in betraying who you are and the people that you should be fighting for like uh there is you will always have like somebody who is willing to be a shill for the rich uh at the expense of the poor because they get theirs this way uh you will always have a certain segment 
of people of color that are willing to look down their nose, you know, the Bill Cosby of it all, the like pull up your pants Mm -hmm. uh, and and make the problems about their culture because they can get paid. But this is maybe the ugliest version of that that I have seen uh, personally in terms of just like, wow, you really hate women. Oh, it's so much. It's astounding how much she has internalized and then built that own internalized misogyny into just like it's 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 you know it's a little bit like when a virus comes it 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 kills the cell and then it replicates copies of itself it's it's she really has replicated this this misogyny into something else and it's going out to tens of thousands of people every day all right so hit me with this feminization of america are we finally get back to the skinny jeans thank you Talking about the real issues. I have heard women proclaim, she writes, that people had to fight and die for women to have the right to vote. Is this as if this were a God-ordained right? This isn't true. There was never any civil war over the issue, nor is it a God-ordained right. They didn't trust men to lead them in the right way. They wanted to be leaders and run things. Yes, because some of these women had, I don't know, maybe looked at all of human history or also all of the current life. It's just what are you talking about? If you really think that men should be leading, men still run so much shit. Look around. We're really bad at it. It's 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 it is this narrative on the right, and that's one of the reasons why I find it interesting. But the like it is the sissification of America is what they would call it, that like we're all just Oh, a they bunch don't of... they don't call it the sissification, I, but we'll I leave know. it there. Uh that, you know, like we're all just a bunch of skinny jeans wearing latte sipping, uh, himbos with our avocados. Avocado and toast swilling. That's right. We swill our avocado toast here. Uh, gender bending, blah, blah, blah. And that's destroying this country. And, and, and it's an amazing take because it's just so comically inaccurate <laughs> and sexist towards everyone. So let's let's push forward. She says it'll disturb the home, Uh, women having the vote. And she writes, that is exactly what happened. The family is no longer clearly defined as role and is no longer clearly defined as roles have become blurred. Ask yourself, have women stopped nagging and wanting their way since they achieved the right to vote? Oh, God. No. In fact, I saw a poster recently that Iceland has complete gender equality, but I am sure it hasn't made women any happier and less complaining. I don't know why I'm so upset by the word nagging in that. Like, like this woman has said a whole bunch well, of horrific shit in the time that we have spent with her. But, like, there's just something so dismissive about nagging. Like, there's just, uh, like, a person expressing their needs being defined as nagging. It just, I don't know. It really gets under. Well, you know, I... I, I... I'm going to paraphrase MLK here. A, a, a person nagging is the voice of someone yeah. unheard. Yeah, no, totally. 100%. And it, it's just, it's so dismissive. And, you know, I, as a straight white man, am clearly the one who is most offended by this. But no, seriously, it's a really gross word. It's, it's just, there's something so horrible. Oh, yeah. I I also just want to say women haven't achieved complete equality anywhere, but they are closest in some place like Iceland. That's true. Uh, and they are happier. And if you look at rates of happiness, uh both genders tend to be happier than they are in places like america so uh fuck off yeah you can't just you can't just declare with no evidence that like this hasn't done anything like it's just uh so we get to her real thesis what are my thoughts on women voting thank you i'm so excited i have been asked this frequently i am not a fan at all (laughs) 
full stop. She just says it. Mask off. Women's suffrage, bad idea. I, again, again, <laughs> I, I have nothing nice to say about this woman except that she is very upfront about how evil she is. Like so many, like Bruce Ashford will deny to his dying day that he's a theocratic little fascist shit, but this woman will just say women shouldn't vote. Yeah, she full on has galaxy brained her way against women's suffrage and Bruce Ashford believes it in his shriveled little plum heart. But she, she's just out here. She is honest. She's awful, but she's honest. Women vote. Yeah. She, women overwhelmingly vote Democrat, she continues. They vote for big government to take care of them, <laughs> which means higher taxes and more laws and regulations, which means less freedom. They vote for free health care and abortions. <laughs> which, yeah, never want that free health care. Yeah, that I would hate to see that. They vote for leftist policies, which are highly destructive to the family and culture socialism hasn't worked anywhere that it has been tried because you people always come and destroy it yeah i think what's amazing is that socialism ironically of course is more supportive of family than capitalism and that it enables paid family leave your ability you know elizabeth brunig talks about this all the time being sort of a leftist catholic that like she would have more kids and a bigger family if she could afford to have them all have health care things like that and and so it's just i mean it's it's I mean, if you haven't figured out that now that capitalism is the thing that hates your family, that wants you and your husband working 60 hours a week at shitty jobs that can't even allow you to pay your bills because then and only then will they be able to exploit you a little more than they could before because at the end of the day, that's what they need. They need you not just to be working all the time, but be working for less and less. Like if you haven't figured out that it is capitalism that has killed like birth rates in this country oh, yeah. when finances are the number one listed cause of divorce because we're all so fucking poor and it's stressing us out and it's ruining our lives and relationships. Like if you can't figure that shit out, ah, I'm sorry. I just, I went into a fugue state. I'm, I don't know where I am right it's now. It's been weeks, uh, Michael. It's been weeks. It's June. Hello, stranger on the phone. Can you tell me what my name is? <laughs> <laughs> so... The final question, the obvious question then is, does she vote? Because Yeah, well, clearly not, because she thinks it's a terrible idea. Well, let me explain where she's coming from. Do I vote, oh, she God. writes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I vote to support my husband's vote and try to overturn a vote that is against all I believe in. I encourage conservative Christian women to vote for life-affirming principles, smaller government, and more freedoms i know that voting or not voting is not a sin in any way and each vote is not that meaningful but i am saddened by what our country has become the southern women's league was right in trying to prevent the women's suffrage movement men are becoming more feminine and women are becoming more masculine what good can come from this men were created to lead women were not i just and there's a final bit like her biggest thesis every person in southeastern would complain about the like death gender roles as if these things aren't just completely constructed yes uh no what i think i think you made this point earlier and i think it it's really telling that like her and some and most of mainstream christianity agree on a lot of these things maybe i shouldn't say exactly. most. let me be more specific her and a certain much more mainstream segment of like evangelical christianity 
agree on a lot of these things. They believe in gender roles. They believe that the libs are destroying their family. They believe that homosexuals are ruining marriage for us all. Like all of this shit is 80% normal and her great, <laughs> I'm going to say crime because that's what it is because all this shit is evil. But her great success comes from just walking that not that many more steps down the line. Like this is just a more logical expression of complementarianism, which is to say it's not a defense of it. It's to say that like, no, actually it's complementarianism that is this evil because this is what, this is what complementarianism does. This is what hierarchies in marriage do. This is what gender roles do. They always are about making someone lesser and all she's doing is being like, no, but like a lot lesser. Yeah, and this is just like, I guarantee you, she and almost all the right-wing Christians, mainstream theologians we talk about more or less agree on everything. She has just taken and codified it in a much more transparent way because as a woman, she can. But this is exactly what all the people, like we said, actually believe and the consequences of their beliefs. Well, no, here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say that this is what everyone we talk about believes. I don't, th I don't think that Bruce Ashford hates women's suffrage. I don't, I don't think that that's where his brain goes. Because again, he's all about this respectability, middle of the road shit. But what I'm saying is that this woman is more honestly like living out those beliefs than Bruce Ashford. This this woman is more honest in how she in what her beliefs actually mean than John Piper. Like these people would never say and I don't think in their hearts that they believe that like there is no such thing as consent in marriage some of them. Um but I do think that these John Piper fails to reckon with the fact that like his defense of complementarianism is this thing. And his great like that is on him for not be following it to its logical conclusion like she's just going all the way with it yeah no i think that's that's very well said where does that leave us michael uh angry <laughs> so so angry you know i started off this podcast being like man i'm just really beat down and i'm still feeling beat down i'm just more upset about it uh that's good that was a lot that was a lot um yeah i'm glad we talked about it i think it's important to talk about it but man i just it's really sad to see um, one woman mm -hmm. try to argue for so many crimes against woman, women. And like, you know, I'll say this, like, it's shocking that she is the one doing this. But again, like, she didn't construct these systems. That didn't come from her or any other woman. Like, like the patriarchy existed before this. And just because she got galaxy brained on the patriarchy doesn't mean that she is the one responsible for creating all of these awful beliefs. It's just, uh, you know, I think the reason she, you know, she is a particular, she is a little funny. It's a little grim. It's definitely more out there. But I think yeah. one of the reasons why we want to talk about her is that she has an audience. She has mm -hmm. a position and she is a part of the Christian discourse. And so uh, I think it is worth being aware that this is, she is the anti Beth Moore. And uh, yeah, it, yeah. I, I wanted to sort of shine a light on some you know, stuff that I uh, had certainly grown up around. There are versions of this woman in every Sunday school class where, uh, you know, a well-meaning middle-aged person says that your virginity is like gum. And if you chew it up, no one can ever love you again because who wants chewed gum? Like, first of all, this I, shit I, exists. I, I love chewed gum, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. We don't <laughs> need to get into your weird obsession. with. No, no, no. I just go in the subway sometimes and like pull gum off seats. It's good. It's good stuff. I can't decide if it's more horrifying if you're talking about like subways the underground mass transit system or subways the uh sandwich shop both they're different fetishes 
<laughs> yeah, you're a connoisseur. Why choose? So, like, let's do uh, our our prayer request, praise, uh, unspoken. Section. Yeah, let's unspoken. Yeah, what uh, what's going on in your life, Zach? What uh, do you have a, a praise or a prayer request? First of all, I'd like to give a shout out to our first guest, Kelsey Lair. When we had her on, we were talking about her forthcoming article in Slate, and it's finally been published. And its title is "Watching the Giant Sequoias Die." And then. I really enjoy getting a chance to read it this week. I, I would like to encourage our listeners to check it out. It's on Slate. Again, the title is Watching the Giant Sequoias Die. Uh, give it a read and follow Kelsey Lair on Twitter, at Kelsey Lair. And otherwise, I've just been really enjoying media this week. Pretty usual segment for me on this part, but uh, you suggested the TV show Devs, D-E-V-S, and I've really enjoyed it. It's it's kind of all over the place. It's it's very strange, sort of like arty science fiction, sort of set near future San Francisco about a tech company who invents something that changes everything, which is kind of a vague logline. But what's really good is you got Nick Offerman giving this sort of doleful performance. It's beautifully shot. FX poured a lot of money into it. And uh, I've just—it's been sort of fun to escape to uh, for the last week. Yeah, I think it is—it is a beautifully shot uh, show. I think Nick, as a uh, like super sad Mark Zuckerberg, does a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It is a show that I am actually very conflicted about because the like moment to moment, I think it is a show that bounces wildly between being incredibly successful and absolutely not. And I, I brought this show to you because so rarely do I have something that I complete. You know, I've watched the whole series at this point mm-hmm. and I'm still just like a little mixed up about what my actual thoughts and feelings are. But there's a lot to like along the way and I enjoyed the ride. And I, I you know, it's the same director as Ex Machina and Annihilation, uh, both of which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Ex Machina in particular, uh, I, I got a lot yeah, Ex out Machina of. Yeah, um, Ex Machina is a perfect script. Basically. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I, I really couldn't tell you my own thoughts, but I enjoyed the ride. Um, that's great. What do you got uh, for us this week, Michael? Yeah, I, I have a little bit more of a sincere praise. Um, as I've sort of mentioned in passing on this podcast, like I, I am I am an essential worker here in Los Angeles. And uh, there are a lot of challenges that come like in the field mm-hmm. that I'm working in right now. But I, I just wanted to say that like I have been really uh, grateful and impressed by like the team of people that I'm working with and all of the steps that like we have taken to keep each other safe and advocate for safety regulations that um, are helping keep other people safe and just really taking a lot of ownership of that process to like do what we can in a very dangerous time to like be there for each other um, and for the people that are coming to visit us. And it's just been genuinely heartening in a time where everything feels so atomized and dispiriting all of the time Mm -hmm. Uh, to just remember Mm -hmm. that people working together can accomplish things. And um, I think, you know, like Susan, I am not at the hope stage yet. I am in the period of lament and mourning. Uh, But I am also excited for the future of like organizing in this country and what it would mean because as we've seen with everything from the transformed wife to Donald Trump, like the masks are off. Uh, They are telling you what they really think about you. And I think uh, I'm excited to potentially move to the next stage of figuring out what we're going to say back. Thank you for sharing that. Well, let's bring it home. Uh, this this has been Shitty Christians. Uh, Please send us an email to crappychristians at gmail.com. We love chatting with our fans. And for the record, you do not have to be a fan to email us. Just get in there. Go nuts. Yeah, please. I'm excited to get some hate mail. 
and sound off. You can follow me on Twitter at Zachary underscore Allard. I am at at Michael Tabor. And if we can ask you to do two things, rate and review us on iTunes and dismantle capitalism from the ground up. Yeah, pick your order on that. We're very flexible. This has been Shitty Christians. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I say, who to me? You got some coordination. I say, slay trick, are you getting eliminated? When he fuck me good, I take his ass to real life. Conversation. Always stay gracious. Best revenge is your paper.